When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Real. real for real? Why do I always have to be the one who presses the button? Because you're the technical person in charge of all that. I'm in charge I of the socials. I'm the producer. Mm, well, you do a shit job. <laughs> Welcome, guys, to the You Don't Love Me podcast where... People don't love each other. Um, which <laughs> brings me to a really important and exciting point. You don't love me. You don't love me. How was it back? You don't love me. Me love don't you. Me love don't you. Me love don't you, Cassie. <laughs> no, Hello, so, my dear. Hi, guys. Hello, hey, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of the You Don't Love Me podcast, a podcast consisting of two brown homosexuals that sit and talk shit about each other. Wait, you're homosexual? Uh, well, recently, um, I decided to come out as a homosexual, yeah. I, um, yeah, it's been a journey, but yeah. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> We're here with queer. <laughs> and we ain't going anywhere, bitch. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I just want to do one really important shout out. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> you do that then. Um, I want to do a shout out to a Twitter account okay. called, let me, I'm trying to get this right. Okay. Blair Gowrie, am I right? Mm-hmm. LGBT plus, okay? Yeah. They're an online support place and uh, um, for all ages, all disabilities, everyone's family. Uh, independence from Scotland, that's what they want, and they're from Scotland. And the reason why I want to give them a shout-out is because they are fucking amazing. Like, spreading love all the time, always messaging us, always getting us involved with things on Twitter. Oh, really? And they just seem to help a lot of people and do a lot for social change, which is absolutely fantastic. And it's just... I don't know, do you know, like, I get so much positive energy from them. And oh, do you? It, yeah, it's, it's just really magical. And they're always tagging us and stuff and retweeting us. So, guys, basically, I don't have a single thing to do with the social media side of things. <laughs> I help with the poor production of this podcast. <laughs> and Amir is responsible for all the other jazzy thank stuff you. with social media. And he's been doing a phenomenal job. So, well done, darling. Thank you. So, um, so thank you, everyone, for all of your wonderful messages. That he doesn't see. I don't see, but Amir does tell me uh, from you time do? to time what's happening your friend got in touch your yes. old person that you used to be at uni with and you messaged them back I've always said YDLM podcast connects people <laughs> connecting families no not fa- <laughs> no connecting people I don't want to connect with my family you're, <laughs> you're my family and you're doing enough damage as it is babe mm-hmm. uh, yeah I um, that was really interesting I uh, ended up connecting with an old friend of mine from university who saw our podcast and messaged us and he was like oh hey girl hey um, is there anyone else that you would like to um, say thank you to give a shout out to no I'm just sure? <laughs> oh sorry um, everyone give us love after the um, I posted our Mendy pictures because like we haven't we don't post many pictures of ourselves sorry we've run out of time the Oscar music is playing I'm only joking as I was saying we don't post many pictures of ourselves and like we've had a lot of love back from them and I thought oh it'd be cute for people to see our faces more yeah. I don't expect so many people to get in touch with us and DM us and email us and message us yeah so uh, 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 a Mendy ceremony guys is a henna ceremony where um, you put on uh, henna what the fuck was that oh it's your bottle oh. um, yeah you put um, henna on your hands and that symbolises good luck I believe um, and we had that ceremony as part of our wedding, and Ahmed decided to post those pictures, 
and uh, we're doing really, really well. Um, people are receiving them and commenting on my gorgeous outfits. So no, thank you. no one's talking about you. Thank people you. People are tweeting that he looks like a bitch and a knobhead. <laughs> you look like the nice one. No, thank you guys for finally realising my beauty. No, I should have forgot. So. <laughs> How's your week been? Um... Why do you care? <laughs> you have never asked me that question. I know, I know. You have never asked me that question in my life. I know. I, um, I probably have. No. We were first like dating, maybe. Uh, no, you know that every single weekend <laughs> consisted of overeating and regret. So, <laughs> no. Nothing's changed. Uh, what about a question to do with your leg? What about my leg? What's new with you, Ami? Well, <laughs> you know what? He's been such a dickhead right now. <laughs> I hate him so much right now. No, that's the face that you make to me. No, because like you were just like you didn't know what you were, fuck you were saying. You were stretching on. I was like, shut the fuck up, bitch. No, you don't love me. No, I wasn't. Well, I wasn't like that. But I was like, girl, get to the point. Um, yeah, okay. I got a new tattoo. It's my fifth tattoo, okay. but I've got four smaller ones, and this is a big one. And it was my wedding gift from you. It was. And it's beautiful. Go on Twitter and see it. So, hey. It's just absolutely beautiful, this tattoo. When we get a divorce, what's going to happen with that tattoo? Well, I will um, get a knife and cut it off. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Then I'll get... have it. Oh, dog. Oh, the idea that makes me feel sick. When I, when, do you know what? I'll be like... What, divorce? I'll, I'll be like, you know, the tattoo makes me feel sick. Okay. Not the divorce. <laughs> I'll be like, yes, bitch. Like, get it. Look, I love how he's not paying attention to me at all right now. I am paying attention to you. No, know, you're just you. drawing and doodling. But that helps me concentrate. No, it doesn't. That's bullshit. Do you think? There's nothing in that. Okay. So I put my pen down. <laughs> facts are facts, America. <laughs> and now I'm listening Anywho, to Anywho, yes, yes. So I've got like a, a school with a crown and four playing cards that are all queens. And you're welcome, darling. And it's my... Thank you. It's a really good gift. My, my pleasure. It makes you really happy. I know. I'm getting a new one next week. Yeah. And, and it's not your first tattoo. You've had several prior to that. And mm-hmm. um, I suppose this one means... A lot to you. Yeah, it's my favourite one. and um, So it's a skull with a crown uh-huh. and with some playing cards. Yes. And they're all queens. Uh-huh. Because I am the queen. So what's the symbolism of well, this tattoo? Well, it represents all parts of me. Mm. The skull is um, a dark side, side. You know, when I was growing up, I was a little emo kid mm. and a little rocker kid. And that sort of stuck with me. Mm. But it doesn't mean everything's dark in life. It's mm. just a, a part of who I am. I love that side of it. And the crown is because I am amazing and I learned to accept it and I am royal. Yeah, it's almost, right? It's almost like as if the tattoo represents, for, I think, two things. The first is you conquering the darkness and you knowing that it's there. I love how he's telling me what and, my tattoo represents. And, and you know how to like this navigate is my life. around it. I yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, but and, and the crown's there. And then the playing cards... Are uh, all queen because I'm I'm embracing my queerness, my queenness, and everything that used to be so negative in my life. You know, mm. being called gay, being called um, loads of different names. But I'm like, yeah, bitch, I am that. I am gay. Yeah, I am really gay. I am really queer. I am a queen. Yeah. So you know what? Times are by fucking four, bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then, um... but I'm strong. I've got a crown on my head. And then the other thing <laughs> that I think it represents is. I almost feel like that is the final nail in the metaphorical coffin that says bye to the old you in the sense that when somebody looks at you, you know, if the, if it's a, you know, a typically South Asian person that's, you know, pious and religious and everything, they can't look at you and be like, they almost look at you and be like, do you know what? He's on his own trajectory and he they all, all, almost see you as an individual person rather than somebody who should be um, a, a certain type of person. You, you, it, it, it makes you really individual. Oh, cool. <laughs> you don't agree with that? No, but like, if, like, that's just going really like off for me. Okay. That's fine. If, if you, you bought me it, no, so that's like, if you feel that kind of way, I'll, I'll, you get it. I'll play myself off. Yeah, please do. I'll shut the fuck up. Before I make you shut the fuck up. Thank you. Okay, Tatiana. Thank you. We, um... (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of random thoughts in in this. (laughs) Do you know what? I'm feeling very that way. Yeah. But anywho... Um... (laughs) (laughs) 
So we have a very special guest on our show yes, today. Yes, we do. And like, this is the first time we are recording in this way, so we apologise for any technical faults that are about to come. I don't apologise at all. You know, if it's, it's all his fault. Bitch, this is a free podcast, right? So be grateful. Shut the fuck up. That's, the, that's a podcast. In order, <laughs> in order to win the audience, I must attack the audience. <laughs> I'm only joking, guys. I love you. Thank you very much for listening week in, week out, and for your uh, dedication. Uh, but yes, we have a very special guest uh, that is joining us today. That is a... Um, contestant from the show called The Great British Bake Off. Um, what is it called in America? Oh, when we went, it was on Netflix in America. What was it called? Can you Google it? It was called The, the British Baking, the baking Brit- Show. Was it like a British Baking Show or something? We were horrified. But yeah, also I very was... pleased that it was on American Netflix and we were there, we watched some of it, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I was a little bit outraged because I was like, you can't call it that. <laughs> How British are you? We were outraged. Yeah, it's called, so it's called, the show is called, in England, The Great British Bake Off, right? And we, or as we lovingly call it, Bake Off. And in America, it's called The Great British Baking Show. Oh my God. <gasps> but do you know what, right? I'm going to faint. It doesn't... It just, oh. It doesn't even sound that different. But I, no. I just remember sitting in that apartment in Manhattan, switching on Netflix and seeing it and going... Clutching <gasps> your fucking pearls, oh, dying on the floor, crying. Call the paramedics. Call the paramedics. Yeah. So... Um, so, yes. Um, the guest that we have this week is Rav Bansal from series seven of The Great British Bake Off. And I'm really excited for you guys uh, to listen uh, um, to his story. Um, he's recently come out and um, uh, he will join us later on uh, on this podcast to talk about his journey and, and, and what it's been what it's been like. Um, and that was really, really good, wasn't it, Amir? Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah. It's really good, hopefully. Everyone else thinks it's good fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, actually, yeah. Apologies in advance in case the sound isn't great. But guys, give us some feedback if you think it wasn't it wasn't uh, you know, too brilliant in terms of the sound quality. But we had a really, really we had a blast uh with Rav and uh yeah, can't wait for the uh you know, future guests and, and, and wherever this podcast may take us. Thank you, Brady, could you Oh right there work. Um, so yeah, Bake Off, baking, tell us about your love for baking or cooking, you have a love for cooking, don't you? I do, but do you know, I love that show, I love The Great British Bake Off, it's such a good show, and it's a ritual of ours, isn't it, we watch it every single fall, whenever it comes out. Okay, fall, sorry. It's fall, isn't it? Autumn. Yeah, but in America they call it fall. Yeah, but that's America. Fall. Autumn. Anyway, um, and we always like to sit and we'll have some tea and we'll bake a little bit ourselves and we'll sit and we will watch it every single uh, week whenever it comes out. And it's so much fun, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's good. Like, I've baked, like, protein. I remember I was, like, going through a phase of breaking um, protein snacks. Yeah. Oh, that was so much fun. You should do it again this year. No. You should make protein flapjacks. They used to be really nice. Yeah, maybe we'll see. Yeah, bulk powders. Get in touch with us, girl. Make a give. <laughs> be a sponsor. We love your stuff. Um, and yeah, I personally, no, I'm not much of a baker. I can't bake. Is well, I can, I think, but like it's so. Do you know what I mean? It's so difficult. It's like a full on science behind baking and like getting it all together and putting it, getting the ingredients right and what have you. Yeah, but I, to be fair, I, I'm sure cooking and baking, so I don't fucking know. <laughs> I can follow instructions, so that's good for me. If there's instructions, I can follow it. Yeah, I, I, you're not good at baking. Wait, oh, girl, no. I do the protein stuff from that packet. And it's nice. It's like, oh, yeah, get this. And I've even messed that up before, haven't I? Yeah. So yeah. like, it's just like, get this and like chuck it in and chuck some stuff in, mix it up. And then I'm like, posting online, like, yeah, look, I'm just an amazing baker. Look at me go. But no, I'm not. <laughs> you, y'all don't know the truth behind it. You don't know the mess that I make. You don't know what I get up to in this kitchen, which is nothing and nothing much at all. But you love, you, you love cooking, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, love, I love to cook. cook. Cooking, honestly, it's just, it's something about cooking that just feeds the soul. It's just, 
helps you kind of relax and you put on some music you, you're aware with your thoughts and the smells will take you back to a, you know a, a different time and it's just so much fun I absolutely love cooking and by cooking obviously I mean curries I mean I know it's living up to certain um, stereotypes but I don't give a fuck <laughs> I love a good curry it's my favorite thing in the world um, uh, but yeah and then that's why whenever um, Rav from Bake Off whenever he would like put any spices in this food I used to be like oh my god I'm so excited you can like put spices in baking which is so much fun you should try it yeah I should do shouldn't I what should I bake bread oh I love bread so much oh my god bread jalapenos cheesy bread with jalapenos in oh yes but what kind of bread would I bake I don't fucking know tiger bread I'm just thinking about like the like um, supermarkets sourdough bread yeah, no, but do you know sourdough bread? To make sourdough bread, it can take like two weeks. Did you know that? Well, girl, get working, get it working now, bitch. Get working, go on, start now. No, I could do tiger bread. I'd love to do. Do you know what? I could make a chapati. That's a bread. Girl, no. <laughs> that doesn't even matter. If it's not round, I ain't interested. Chapatis are round. Yeah, exactly, but they're better. But sometimes people mess them up. You know, you know the thing in the, in the culture is like, your rupees better be round for your ishta. Oh, I don't know. You're, what? You've I'm, never heard of like the, the jokes about rotis being round? I've got round roti and people can marry me. Oh no, I haven't heard of that one. God. Well, my rotis were always round. Yeah, okay then. And here I am in a marriage. So. Yeah, barely. <laughs> Anywho. Should we get to Rav? Uh, yeah, I think we should pause and um, bring that segment in. So guys... Here is our conversation with the Great British Bake Off International Extravaganza. LGBT advocate. Ralph Pensal. And today we have with us a uh, very special guest, Amir. Who is the special guest? Oh, who is the special guest? I know, right? He's, you know, a baking extraordinaire. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he's known for his baking extravaganza. Uh, from what season was he on? Season seven. Season seven. Season seven. We have with us Mr. Rav Pensal. Hi, Rav. Hi, guys. Hi. Connecting with us all the way from uh, technology. I don't know. <laughs> all the way from the south end. <laughs> yeah, from the south end. But so far away from us. Yeah. Thank you for being patient with us, Rav. I know we've had a few technical difficulties, <laughs> which is common. We've waited very patiently, but hey, you guys. Oh uh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, um, we thought we'd uh, dive right in uh, to a few questions. And, and I, I thought to start off with a few of the questions that you might have been asked a few million times, but um, I'm sure people would like, want to know all about Bake Off. How was it? How has life been after? Um, so, for me, Bake Off seems like a lifetime ago. It was three years uh, yeah, it will be three years this year. Oh my um, gosh, was it three years ago? It's old news, man. Three years. Gosh. Oh God! It seems like honestly, yeah, it, it, it feels like yesterday. I w- I remember watching you and screaming at the TV every time you'd I don't know put spices in any food because <laughs> I'm a massive foodie. I was like, yes, bro. Yeah, you love cooking. Yeah. You like, yeah, get the spices in there. <laughs> so three yeah. years ago. That was three years ago, but um, it was. A bit of a whirlwind experience. I can't, it was a very stressful time because, um, I mean, you guys only see what 10 episodes of the show, but it's mm-hmm. a, a it's process. If you kind mm. of take the audition process, um, the things oh, wow. leading up to the actual filming, then the, the time in between, then the actual airing, and then all of the stuff that happens after. So it's, it's very all consuming, but it was. Um, it, yeah, it was a life-changing moment, actually, because it changed the trajectory of my career. Um, mm. I have shifted uh, my career path now. And, yeah, I mean, baking is still a big part of my life. Yeah. Uh, but it's not, like, the only thing that I do. <laughs> uh, I think yeah. every time I go, everybody seems to ask me the same question. And is Rav, where is, like, out of a cake? As if I'm, like, hiding a cake in my bag for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Don't worry, Rav. I'll, I'll make sure that we ask a few different questions. But I suppose it's mandatory almost, isn't it? Because it was so great to see you on the show and, and sort of uh, have you represent, uh, you know, South Asians so well. So it, it sort of come, comes to mind straight away. I do have one more question on Bake Off. <laughs> I do have one more question on Bake Off, and then I promise you we will move on. Sorry? If it's about Paul Hollywood, I refuse to answer. No, no, no. That's absolutely fine. I know. Uh, I know Paul Hollywood is probably as beautiful as he seems on TV. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> I want questions on him. But right, th this has been bugging me for years now. When you cook, and then you have. I know all, it's going to be. I know it's going to be. You have all these pots and pans in place. I can't see a dishwasher in sight. Do they make you clean up after? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely not. There's like a whole team of people who are there specifically to wash up the dishes. Oh, that's It's good. so funny because every time we watch it, <laughs> it stresses about it. I mean, the last thing I'm thinking about is washing a pan or something. So there's a whole... <laughs> that's team. what I mean. I was like, these guys have like three hours, three and a half hours to make these massive, you know, absolutely exquisite pieces of art, really. And then on top of that, you have to wash all your pots and pans. That just doesn't seem fair. But I'm glad they had you covered. So... That's Bake Off, um, but um, in terms of, you know, what our podcast is about, obviously we're um, two openly gay South Asian uh, men um, and, and, you know, we, we look to sort of represent the, the queer community within, within uh, you know, uh, South Asia, if you, you know, within South Asia. Um, and so I wanted to talk to you a little bit uh, about that in terms of, you know, uh, what your journey has been like um, and, uh, you know, what has that meant? Uh, for you, um, it, you know, if that's something that, that, that you're comfortable in talking about? Yes, absolutely. Ask away. Sure. Okay, let's go. So, so I, I remember seeing your big post on the 30th of June, 2019. Mm. And it was sort of your coming out post, wasn't it? Yes, indeed. I'm, I'm intrigued that you know exactly the date and the time where the post went out. <laughs> oh, Rav, you should try being married to him, honestly. <laughs> He will pull out receipts like no tomorrow. He, I, he, he tells me of stuff which I did, which I don't even remember from years ago. So uh, honestly, this, this is just... I have a very, very good... I've got a very good memory. Anyway, you've done Very good. I decided to come out publicly on Instagram and Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, I just felt it was time, really. I mean, I have been out to my family for almost three years and oh, cool. I had never ever spoken about my personal life publicly before mm -hmm. and was noticing a shift in the way attitudes were um, kind of coming towards the LGBT community and how impo important it was for uh, particularly people of colour to be visible and I wanted to use my voice as an, an, an opportunity to really showcase that we exist. Um, I think so often our voices are overlooked or they're just not heard or, you know, people, I mean, as you guys know, it's, it's a very difficult thing for South Asian people to mount mm -hmm. publicly. I, felt mm. as, I, I was very fortunate to have the support of my family and I, I wanted to, uh, yeah, use my voice to help other people. And so I, in order to do that, I needed to be honest with the people who were following me. And yeah, at the end of Pride Month was a perfect opportunity to come out. Um, and it's been nothing but positivity that's come my way ever since. Yay. Uh, that sounds fantastic. I mean, first of all, you know, congratulations on, on coming out. And, you know, as you write, you know, it, it is a big thing. It's, it's, it's never the easiest thing in the world. It's a moment, isn't it? Yeah. So really... and, and there's more of us, um, you know, on the other side, it seems, you know, day by day. So that, that's absolutely fantastic. I'm really, really happy to hear about that, Rav. Um, and you, you, I suppose you're in a really fantastic position where your family um, have, you know, showered you with positivity and, uh, and acceptance. Is that something that, you, you know, you anticipated or, or were you prepared for, for uh, you know, a different response? So uh, with me, I mean, I'm, I'm sure my experience matches many others, you know, as a South Asian man. Mm -hmm. um, Asian person in general, you, there's this certain level of expectation that you have from 
uh, your family and in particular from your parents um, to kind mm. of live quote heteronormative life and, yes yes and you know being this kind of showpiece to everyone to your parents friends and family that oh look how successful my son is look how successful my daughter is isn't their life perfect um yeah <laughs> um, yeah yeah, and you know, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that it was the easiest thing in the world because it wasn't. I mean, I'm, I do feel very fortunate that my parents are accepting of it now, but it wasn't easy when it initially I initially told them. Um, and it has a journey, and I think one of the reasons why I did wait almost three years to come out publicly was because I wanted my parents to be comfortable with me saying it publicly because that meant that the extended family and family friends will know um, and so I, I really kind of took their um, I kind of wanted to protect them as it were and for them to be in a position where they are able to kind of handle all of the stresses that come along with um, the attention from other people mm. um, this subject matter because it's something that my parents have never experienced before experienced before and you know they've never been exposed to gay people I mean they've seen gay people on the TV but it hasn't mm -hmm. always been most positive most positive light um, and it, so all of this was all new to them and it was very difficult for my parents to be able to accept it um, and even though it was a lot better than I had anticipated I mean I think I mentioned once before that I had prepared for the absolute worst. I was fully prepared for my parents to completely reject me. Mm. Oh, bless you. Working it up in my own head, because you're always kind of thinking of the worst when it comes to these kind of things. Oh, but yeah. I, I, I knew that I had to say something because, I mean, I'm sure you, you both of you experience it. As a South Asian person, you're constantly, uh, when you, whenever you go out to a wedding, there's always someone inquiring, oh, you know, you get <laughs> Have you found someone? Are you going to settle down? And ever since yeah. I've been on the TV, my, my parents' phone has been ringing non-stop with all of these, like, Rishte um, or Rab. Yeah. We've got this famous girl, like, will Rab be interested in seeing her? Um, wow. Those expectations, because it wasn't going to happen. Um, and I think, like, many LGBT South Asian people, I was kind of in two minds, because... I mean, if you want to go deep, I mean, I, I was, before I was comfortable enough to come out to myself, because that was a big hurdle to overcome, mm -hmm. I was fully prepared to conform to this life that my parents expected from me. So mm -hmm. I was seriously considering getting married and having children with a woman and kind of live this, either suppress who I was or live this positive life. Mm -hmm. But I, I got to a point where I just, um, emotionally and physically, I wasn't able to, to live that life. And so yeah. I, I, you know when I mean I don't know if, you, if this is the right analogy but you know when champagne is about to pop I was about to pop I needed to <laughs> yeah you, you Rav you were about to pop off <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but yeah so I'm um, it's been very difficult it's still quite difficult for my parents because they do and since I came out publicly, my parents do get phone calls from extended family members, people from India, people from America, from Africa, like inquiring as if it's some kind of, um, like there has been a death in the family or something. So people approach my parents as it's like this bad news that's hit the family. And when parents get received that energy, it, it upsets them a bit. Yes, so yes. No, Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm sorry you've had to experience that, but you know, like like I say, it's it's great that you've got a strong support network with with your parents, and um, you know, you you sound like such a, a considerate person. You've you've taken into um, uh, you know into account your your parents' feelings and how it'll affect them, and taking your time to to come out. You know, you almost sound like my long lost twin, Rav. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't beg it, bitch. Don't beg it. Um, clearly, I'm the better looking twin. <laughs> oh, yeah! Agreed, agreed. <laughs> um, but, the, okay, so uh, there, there is one question that um, comes to my mind because, you know, with, with my coming out journey, um, uh, uh, with, coming from a Pakistani family, oftentimes double standards run quite uh, strongly within Pakistani families. And, and what you have is 
people are happy with things being brushed under the carpet. So they, you know, they're willing to acknowledge your sexuality, but they are not willing to accept it. And they, uh, you know, with my family, there to a certain extent, they were happy with not ever acknowledging it, but just knowing that it's there. So uh, and you know, trying to. Uh, pawn that off as a happy medium. As long as you married a girl. Yeah, absolutely. Et cetera, et cetera. So, so my question to you, Rav, is, um, you know, in light of that, what was the motivation behind coming out? Why, why come out? If you, you know, if there's somebody listening um, who has been in a, who is in a similar situation to yourself or who was, um, you know, what would you say to them? Why should, why do you think it would be a good idea for them to come out? Uh, that's a really interesting question um, because, you know, I, I have this quite often because, you know, since I have come out publicly, I've been receiving emails and messages from people all over the world sharing their stories. Sometimes for the first time they're opening up and um, uh, coming out to me, essentially, and I, and I feel really honoured that they've used me as the vessel for them to speak their truth. Mm -hmm. Foremost, I will say you need to be in the right mindset to be able to come out publicly or come out to your family or come out to yourself. Uh, for me, um, I am somebody who's been very open about the fact that I've struggled with mental health issues. Mm. I've, suffered from I've suffered from anxiety um, and I think it had a lot to do with me suppressing who I was. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, the thing is I don't want to just give people advice because people's experiences are very different. You have to be very careful. I mean in terms yeah. of coming to your family, is your environment safe enough for you to be able to come out? I mean, yeah. if you were to come out, it's safe to be at risk, for example. So I, I would say, I think yeah. it's really important for you to be able to build some kind of a support network, whether it be find that cousin who you might you, you have a close relationship with, you might be able to open up to, or there's support groups online. There's yeah. Supports, um, I guess there's, there's, there are communities out there, and you, I mean, the thing is, you can't expect all of the answers to fall into your lap. You have to do some of the work yourself. You need to kind of put yourself out there and kind of seek that information. Um, yeah. With me personally, I, for the longest time, I avoided all of that. So I didn't want anything to, and whenever the word gay came up, I, I hid myself, basically. I didn't want, I didn't want to acknowledge it. Um, so I think <laughs> it's finding that confidence within yourself. Mm. And I always say, don't feel pressured that you have to come out initially. These things take time. I think first and foremost, you need to be able to come out to yourself. I didn't come out to myself until I was in my 26, 27, which for some people in the Western world might consider that to be quite late. Um, mm. But I think, see, I don't, I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that I have all the answers, but I can only speak from my own experience. Absolutely. I, I was very lucky to have my sister who was very open, who I, I've always had a very close relationship with and I, I safe in order for me to say something to her. Um, yeah. I think it's about building a support group of people. And you know, people say sometimes you have to um, make your own family outside of your own family. Yeah. An official. I mean, I think listen, seek other people's like hear, try and hear about other people's experiences, see what their coming out experience was like. Maybe that will kind of give you some inspiration. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't, it's, it's a difficult thing and I think first and foremost I would say to anyone if you are considering coming out first and foremost well done and um, to kind of get to that point that's not an easy place to get to yeah um, yeah and give your family members time I think time is the biggest healer I think it would be really naive to think that your family and friends are just going to accept it immediately it might have taken you years to accept it don't expect everybody else to accept it immediately and mm. just get your time. Yeah, yeah. Was, I think rambling there. No, no. I think no, I, no. I, I, I like some of the advice there, especially the um, one where you know coming coming out to yourself. I yeah. think that's so important, and I I found that with with my journey, like coming out to yourself first and foremost, and then being in a position where for me coming out to my mum was the most important thing. But I was very mm. scared, and but I was in a position where I did have a support network that I'd built around me mm. before and, that happened. And I thought that's I think that's really really good advice. Don't just willy-nilly just come out and expect everything to fall into place without doing the work. Yeah, yeah, I, you, I, as you mentioned, Rav, yeah. And in fact, I've actually made a note of that um, whilst we were talking. 
to come out to yourself. That's really good. I like that. that. I really, really like that. I think. I think we're stealing. We're stealing that. No. <laughs> Rav, I think, you might, I think yeah. I think you might be able to. There might be some coin behind that girl. I'm gonna put it on a T-shirt and sell some yeah. merch. Oh, do you come out to yourself? Right. Do you know what? The You Don't Love Me podcast and Rav Bunsal, we're we're gonna do a collaboration. <laughs> this is gonna be our merch. I think we're onto something here. I own 51% of this company. So. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Darling, I own everything. <laughs> so, um, so just 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 a few more questions. I just want to go like way back now okay to um when when did you know you, you, you were gay or you know when, when did you start thinking oh you know something a bit different here um i i i would say probably early teens um, i would say see i think like uh, most south asian families i grew up in a very kind of sheltered household so things like sex and sexuality were just never discussed. Yeah. So I think it was when I was in school, maybe in my like year seven, year eight, maybe. That was kind of, I always knew that I was slightly different. I did feel like a bit of an outcast anyway. Mm -hmm. In the school environment, I was one of only a few people of color in my school. Oh, wow. Um, and um, so I kind of always felt different anyway. And it kind of, I, I never really had a close relationship with my cousins, for example. I kind of was always, I always knew something was, was different, but I didn't have the words to be able to recognize what that difference was. And I, I think as I got older and I kind of, I mean, as you get older, you naturally find yourself gravitating or your, attraction is kind of heading in a certain direction oh as, yeah we uh, know the we men's know. is yeah <laughs> we know but i, I would say that I've, I've known since i was pretty young actually mm. yeah okay. oh, that's interesting so you were one of just picking that one of the only few pe person people of color in your school yeah i mean there were others but i was one of the only purse people who had a turban on like there oh, weren't wow. people like me so i i just felt like a, an outcast in general and i think that kind of um it kind of led to many i mean i again I, as i mentioned before I, I suffered from social anxiety when i was younger i, I struggled to communicate effectively with people and i think not really knowing who i who i am kind of really and i'm not just talking about sexuality i'm just talking about in terms of where i fit in in the world as a, a brown person as, as, as a sikh I, I just didn't know where yeah. i was and I think that kind of led to a whole array of kind of issues that I've since been able to deal with, as I can, I can say proudly now. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, growing up was a bit of a struggle in general, but then when you add the whole sexuality thing on top of it, I mean, that kind of, <laughs> that's like all I need now is all, uh, on top of everything else. Okay. <laughs> we know what yeah, you mean. Yeah, because you're trying to navigate, and we, when we went to see Tam Brown, he mentioned it himself. Yeah. So for you, you were trying to navigate like, okay, I'm brown, I've got to deal with that and the racism. Oh, I'm Sikh as well, so I've got to deal with the, the shit that people give me for that. So being gay might be on the back burner for yeah, a while. You've got, you've got to, I suppose you've, you've got to deal with being brown before you can deal with, <laughs> with, with you know, the being gay, right? Absolutely. I mean, I even like to this day, as, um, as a 30-year-old... 30 year old you are let's say, let's say 25 yeah so <laughs> 25. I, I refuse to say i'm younger i'm 31 and i'm 31 and five uh, but even like as a 31 year old those are still issues that i deal with in terms of my career i still have issues when it comes to the color of my skin as um as an, an indian person trying to navigate the food world is still very difficult um so are issues that are always going to be there but i'm in a position now where I'm able to tackle them uh, without feeling as though I'm inferior in some way. So I, I think all of those things that I felt kind of singled me out are stuff that have made me a lot stronger and I'm able to deal with them in a way that's productive and I'm able to kind of stand up and be the best version of myself possible. Gosh, I, I could weep listening li listening to you. Honestly, that is so powerful. Is. That is so, so powerful. And, you know, uh, 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 it sounds like, you know, despite the, the odds that you've been against, you, you're navigating yourself through the universe so well and you've come through, you know, so many so much adversity and, and, and 
you know, you, you've deal, you dealt with a lot of problems that you, you've had in the past, um, be it mental health or, or, or X, Y, Z, and, and you're still working on yourself. And that, that's a brilliant position, uh, you know, to, to be in, to be able to recognize um, that there are problems in your life and, and, and you're, you know, having the willingness to deal with them. But I suppose that leads me to, to my uh, question about how things have got better um how have you know since coming out and and say, since you know recognizing the work that you need to put in um how have things got better for you rab um so when i came out initially to my family um, i was kind of going through a bit of a dark period anyway mm. and i mean this was so this was really strange so all of the stuff with Bake Off was happening and that was all of, it was amazing and all, i was getting so much attention and love and appreciation from many people all over the world and it was a great thing but I was kind of dealing with my own issues at that time as well I was going through some I would say a, a depression at the time where I was just struggling with dealing with all of that and kind of having this secret mm. um and so oh, do you know what I've completely what was your question <laughs> It's okay. Do you know what? To be fair, I took about 25 minutes asking my questions. So, <laughs> how, 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 how did it get better? Yeah, how, 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 how did, how did, point? how did, how did things get better for you? No, absolutely. Thank you very much for clarifying. So, when, <laughs> when I came out to my sister, immediately, because she was the first person that I talked so immediately there was this, I mean, people say all the time, there was this weight that had been lifted off my shoulders. Mm. Um, I, felt as though like the mask had revealed this beautiful person that was hiding all this time um, <laughs> um, so initially it was a, a, a huge relief but there was still a lot of pressure attached to it because um i mean as gay people as as you know you don't just come out once you come out multiple times oh yeah um, <laughs> yes yes <laughs> i'm still coming out yeah <laughs> you're, you're telling the world now on your podcast people oh, are listening. yeah i'm gay everyone in case you didn't know <laughs> I know, can you believe? Oh my gosh, we're going to talk about this later. <laughs> Sorry, Rav, carry on. No, not at all, this is your show. Things have improved significantly. I mean, just in terms of, um, things are just a lot clearer now, not just in terms of when you look at the sexuality side of things. I think because that burden has been lifted, I'm able to find clarity in what my kind of career goals are, um, in terms of my personal development and it's in terms of my health as well. Um, so it's, uh, many things have improved as a result of kind of living my truth. I mean, I, I know it sounds cliche. I know a lot of people say that you should live your truth, but when you truly are being your authentic self, the whole world is open to you. And so that feeling right now is I feel as though there's so much opportunity out there um, and I'm embracing it. And I, I don't have this secret holding me back anymore. Um, yeah, so yeah. Things are getting better, and they will continue to get better. Yeah, but I'm... Oh, that's so good. That's amazing. That's but it, amazing. It, it does, it does get better. And you know, I know you're saying about cliches, but the cliches are true. You know, it, it does lift a weight off your shoulders. It feels like you can breathe again. Yeah, but do you know, do you know, the issue with me was I came out, and there was a weight lifted off my shoulders. But when I got on the scales, it was still there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> But unlike you, Rav, you, you, uh, I, I noticed on your uh, Instagram. You, am I right in um, assuming you've lost a considerable amount of of weight over the years as well? You have done your research. Oh yeah, it was about seven stone, was it? Yes, I did. So I was um, significantly larger. I'm still a thick person now. I now completely embrace it. Um, thick and juicy. Yes. Thick and juicy. You rep the curvy girls. Do you know what I mean? Me too. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I, um, I was significantly larger, yeah, seven stone heavier. Um, I, wow. I, yeah, I kind of, something clicked in my head where I was like, I really need to, and I, I you know, kind of looking back and I, you know, I've gone through therapy and a lot of my kind of relationship issues with food has been as a result of, you know, hiding this secret, yeah, yeah. kind of not being able to be myself. And again, kind of, I've said it before, but kind of hiding who I was, not really knowing where I belonged in the world. And I think, a lot of I kind of ate my feelings as it were but something clicked in my head it was like I need to do something about it and I can't continue to live a, a happy life if I if my health won't allow me to live a happy life mm. yeah. so I I started to I mean there's nothing um kind of uh 
monument well there's nothing like there's no magic trick or anything i simply just started to eat less and started to exercise more i mean there's no <laughs> like yeah. formula. <laughs> you know I, I worked hard it's still something that i i mean i'm again as i mentioned i'm not the thinnest person in the world i'm still somebody who considers myself to be fat but i don't it's not something that i'm ashamed of um i think the whole body image thing in the gay community I mean, that we can kind of go into a whole other episode about that oh yeah <laughs> yes yeah oh i like that are you are you afraid to come back on this show because we'd love to have you honestly <laughs> i charge you for that one i'm afraid <laughs> <laughs> and we shall pay yes, the weight loss thing happened but and it was kind of that was kind of the first domino to fall as it were to kind of get me to where i am now because i mm. felt i to be able to tackle that and kind of get that in control before I was able to kind of deal with anything else. Yeah, yeah, no, that, 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 that's incredible. It's inspiring though. Yeah. I, I, I live for shit like that. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm more good to you. I have a question. Okay, Ralph. <laughs> I, well, My what? husband has a question yeah. for you. Um, so, are you single, Ralph? <laughs> Do tell. And are you, <laughs> are you ready to mingle? Yeah. <laughs> See, this is the thing, okay? My dating life is... <laughs> is not consistent at the moment and um, i am single but it, it, dating is not a priority for me if i'm completely honest with you um i i have tried the whole being on tinder thing but because i'm an international celebrity people recognize me oh yeah of course of course yeah <laughs> no no honestly I'm, I'm 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 joking when i say that but i i've tried the tinder thing, but people do recognize me it sounds like such a, a horrible egotistical thing to say but 99 percent of the people who i swipe what is it a match with they they want to talk to me about mary berry and <laughs> they want they want you to beg for them the thing is the gays know everyone exactly <laughs> he, 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 here here you are talking to people about a sea of a whole different kind and they're just asking you questions about cake right <laughs> i know Ugh, it's a very superficial so again yeah, so i kind of i deleted all of my the the, the tinder things that um, I mean, if people want to slide into my DMs, I mean, I, I'm taking applications, so please send them my Ooh. way. Oh, well, we, we, shall, um, <laughs> we shall play matchmaker we, 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 we will We'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, I had one final question uh, for you, Ralph, before, before we wrap up. Um, what are you doing now? So we've done Bake Off. Um, come out. You've come out. You're doing, you know, all sorts of great stuff. Killing great it, stuff. slaying it. What would you like to plug? What are you doing? Okay, so there are many things happening. Um, so I can actually talk about it now. So I'm working with the Terence Higgins Trust, actually. So since I came out, um, oh. yeah, so many kind of people have got in touch, kind of suggesting ideas. And I, I really wanted to kind of use my platform to kind of give back to the community, as it were. And so work and work that's focused towards the LGBT community community and the in particular people of colour within the LGBT community is a priority for me. So mm -hmm. I'm about to uh, work on a campaign with the Terence Higgins Trust to highlight the importance of being tested for HIV um, and um, spreading the word amongst the South Asian community. Um, mm -hmm. We're about to launch an online campaign and like, I've got to get my best glad rags on because I'm going to be doing a photo shoot with them soon. Ooh, work! Got to get that paint on, girl. <laughs> There's that. Um, I'm also doing some stuff with some LGBT um, in immigration asylum seekers and refugees. Wow. In terms of like career-wise, um, I have my own podcast launching very soon. So we're getting an exclusive the on this. Yes, there you go. I was supposed to launch a podcast last year, but I had an issue with my producer and it kind of just fell apart and I just kind of abandoned it. Right. But I have a podcast coming out. It's called Do You Wear That in the Shower? And it's based on... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. And the reason why it came about was because, I mean, as people of colour, we always kind of deal with these microaggressions on a daily basis. And I met who seriously just looked me in the face and looked at my turban and asked me if I wear it in the shower. Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> what? I was, just, I was so amused by it that I thought, oh my god, this is a fantastic idea for a podcast. So, of all the podcasts, I have guests come on and we talk about 
the funny, ridiculous things that people say to us on a daily basis, and we dissect it in a way that's very humorous and very lighthearted, but has a very serious message at it um, in the undertone. So please, I know it. We can't, yeah, I can't wait to, to this podcast uh, begins. Do you wear that in the shower? That sounds absolutely fantastic. I, I love the fact you turned something negative. I guess like, <laughs> yeah. like something funny for you to use. That's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> I've got my website relaunching very soon. When is this episode coming out? Do you mind me asking? Yeah, sure, of course. So um, I think uh, it will come out, Mr. Producer, this weekend. This, this Sunday? Week. Yeah, we're aiming to get it out this Sunday. Sunday the 11th of August. Fantastic. So I, my, my website should be relaunched by then. It's ravcouncil.com. So please head over there if you want some culinary inspiration. Um, I'm also hoping to get some young um, queer... Uh, people of colour to come on board as content producers for that website. I want it to be a real kind of community-based uh, kind of area where we talk about not just about food but just about lifestyle in general um, and I fingers crossed I am currently in the process I shouldn't really be saying this actually I'm not going to say it I'm not going to say it <laughs> um, hopefully you might be seeing some more of me that's all I'm going to say yes Ooh. Ooh. well Rav uh, we look forward to it oh we do um, thank you so so much for your time today this has been brilliant this has been absolutely <laughs> phenomenal um, I can't wait for the podcast to come out uh, definitely we'll check out the website um, and I can't wait to uh, begin negotiations on uh, this t-shirt that we're going to launch. <laughs> Come out to yourself. I love that. And I'll be looking for some men's for you. <laughs> Very much. I appreciate it. I mean, you can, what's that middleman? How do they, oh, I don't know. Wingman. Yeah. Wingman. Yes, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And you guys are doing an amazing job with this podcast. It's really important to hear um, queer South Asian people speaking their truth. And you guys are doing that on a weekly basis. And it's really inspiring. So thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very, very much, Rav. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. That was so much fun, wasn't it? Oh shit, sorry, <laughs> you're recording, man. Yeah. So sorry, I was like, what you want now? What just happened? That was fun. What? <laughs> Bitch, what planet are you on? That yeah, that was really good. That was really, it was actually, you know what? He's a really interesting person as well. Yeah, he's so interesting. Switched on, witty, inspirational, coining phrases. <laughs> yeah, and he's so well-spoken. Oh, yeah, go. So well spoken. I'm like me, I'm like, oh my god, I'm a mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you you were um, interrogated. You were like, so you posted this on the thirtieth of June. What were your intentions, bitch? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, tell me. Let's get you a rista. <laughs> yeah, no. It was it was really really good. And thank you very much, Rav, uh, for your time. That was a lot of fun. And um, I think uh, that's a good time, good place to uh, end this. In yes, terms please. of. Uh, in terms of um, <laughs> followers and likes and subscribes, how do people do that? That's what I was just about to do. Okay. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at you don't love me underscore podcast. That's you don't love me underscore podcast. Um, Twitter ydlm underscore podcast. That is ydlm underscore podcast. Use the hashtag ydlm podcast. Um, you need to rate, review us on Apple. People start to rate us, which is great, but give us a review on Apple, please. Um, follow us on SoundCloud. If you're listening right now on SoundCloud, follow us. Mm. Repost us. Mm. Like, comment, send nudes on email. <laughs> Do the damn thing. <laughs> and, you know, we love you, but you don't love me. Yeah, send us hate mail. Why no, not? please don't. I'll cry. <laughs> I won't really, bitch. I'll come for you. I won't. No threats here. Yeah, guys, get in touch. Otherwise, uh, you know. And keep sending us your stories and like questions and open up dialogue and conversations. I'm loving that part, you know, talking to lots of people yeah. and meeting great queer people of colour across the world. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, and just know that we love you. Lots and lots and lots. More than jelly tots. But you don't love me. You don't love me. Bye, yeah, yeah.